ask me what I want this year And I try to make this kind and clear Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days Cause I don't need boxes wrapped in strings And designer love and empty things Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days So take these words and sing out loud Cause everyone is forgiven now Cause tonight's the night the world begins again Someplace simple where we could live And something only you can give And that's faith and trust and peace while we're alive And the one poor child who saved this world And there's ten million more who probably could If we all just stop and said a prayer for them Pastor Brandon. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. It's here. Well, just about. It's Christmas Eve. You know, the song that Pastor Brandon just played for us was at my request. Uh, I asked Pastor Brandon to play and to sing the song, especially because of the first few words of the song that are spoken. And it started with these words. And you ask me what I want this year. And I try to make this kind and clear. Just a chance that we'll find better days. And better days is the name of the song. And you know, you have to love Christmas. I mean, I know little ones do especially, and I think all of us do. I, don't know, I was going to say to a lesser degree, some of you maybe not. I mean, there's a lot to love about it. It is at its very basic meaning. It's about celebrating the arrival of the Messiah. 
the Savior of the world coming into our world. You have to love the opportunities to get together with loved ones. Uh, it's expected that there are going to be parties and get-togethers and gifts exchanged between one another. All those are great things. And even the possibility of some white stuff on the ground. Um, just this morning, my sister texted me a video of four inches of snow on her ground coming down this morning up in New England and another two, three hours of it yet to come. And um, I'm just thankful we didn't have any here. But it is special when it does come. It, what, I, what I love, especially around Christmas time, and it's so neat that they have it today for Christmas Eve services tonight and Christmas tomorrow. But the neatest thing about all that white stuff is when it does come down, it, it tends to absorb all the noise of the world. Isn't that neat? It really does. Snow seems to muffle all of the hecticness that's out in the streets. And truthfully, even without the snow, I drove here probably around 530, a little earlier than you. And as you grew up, there weren't that many cars on the road. Things did seem to be a little quieter already. All the hubbub of commerce stops. It ceases for a little while. And this year, all the big name retailers, they shut down more than an hour ago. Hallelujah. And they're closed tomorrow too. That's the way it ought to be. It took, it took a pandemic to get us to this point. So maybe there will be some good things coming out of this. But you know, everyone but the most essential of workers is at home with their families. And the world seems to pause. And I just, I love that quietness. I cherish it. it to me, it's something that is so very special and so beautiful and so rare. It's so rare. And yet, in spite of my love for Christmas and our love for Christmas, you know, there, there have always been... There's always just something about Christmas that has frustrated me. From Thanksgiving Day forward, I begin to feel a growing agita. I feel an angst. Because I've learned over the years that apparently I'm really not that good a gift giver. You know, I have a real problem figuring out what those around me might want. And it's always been that way. How many of you suffer from that malady? I mean, it's real. And, you know, I, I've known some incredibly talented gift givers. Uh, one in particular, one of them is our own Pat Fry. I mean, she worked in our church office for many, many years. And, and I, I learned after just a year or two, you know, her time in that office, how somehow she was able to listen to everything that people would say around her. There, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how she did this. But she would listen to the most minute sentences that anyone could, could, could spew out, any kind of conversation. And she was able to construct a wish list that was better than Amazon's wish list. And she would remember all year long, you could say something in January or February, oh, I really like that. That's really cool. That's really neat. And, and you'd wind up with it at Christmas. It's like, I never saw her write it down, never saw her put it on a post-it, but somehow she would remember that all year long and she would shop all year long. I think that was part of it. She would shop. Like if she saw that thing you mentioned, she'd grab it when she could and just put it aside. Now that's great unless you forget where you put it because that does happen. And for years, she would just totally surprise me with something that I had, you know, I had said or mentioned I might like and and actually enjoy. She was just super creative. I, I, she was like gifted in the gift department. 
It didn't have to be anything outrageously expensive either. I mean, she's one of those. We were talking just before our, our get-together here tonight, you know, white elephant type stuff. You know how you're limited? $10 gift. You know how hard that is? A $10 gift that you're going to give away to someone and hope to get something back. And, and you don't want to be embarrassed because, you know, you really did spend 10 but they spent 20 And, oh, it's so awkward. And yet she knew how to do that. And then besides, besides my frustration with buying for others, I do know, I've, I completely recognize that I, I frustrate those around me too. Um, because most of my years, I have told those around me, those closest to me, I've told my family, please do not buy me anything. And they, they don't really believe it. I mean, really, please, just don't, if you want to really bless me, don't buy me anything. Okay, don't try to surprise me either. And, and I suppose that sounds kind of grinchy. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I know you want to say amen. It almost sounds Scrooge-like. But those are my heartfelt feelings. I really don't need anything. I really don't want anything. And, you know, my father would do the same thing. And I suppose I probably inherited it from him. I, I, I realize that's where I got it from. Every year... It could be Father's Day, his birthday, Christmas. I would ask him, Pops, what can I get you for your special day? And for years, same answer all the time. Nothing. I don't need anything. And, and really, truthfully, he didn't. It's just very simple. Just, I mean, you know, just, I can't tell you the number of shirts I don't even know if they sell shirts like this anymore, but they're all wrapped up in the cellophane and they got the cardboard and the pins. I mean, literally, by the time he passed, he had drawers and closets full of these shirts that never got unwrapped and socks and underwear and ties wasn't his thing. But just always the same thing. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. And then as I got older, he changed it up a bit. And, and I would ask him, Pops, what can I get you? I mean, I never gave up. You know, what can I get you? And he'd tell me, Mick, just be a good boy. Just be a good boy, Mick. And for those of you who want to know what that really means, it basically translates as don't get arrested. <laughs> really, just be a good boy, Mick. That was a very nice way to say it. And, and the best gift that I could give my father, and I understand it now as a dad and a grandfather, the, the very best gift I could give my father was a grief-free day. Amen. I mean, that's, that's worth an amen. And so the song that Pastor Brandon sang tonight gives me clarity as what we should all be desiring this Christmas in particular. We should all be desiring a world that is not filled with so much hate and grief, even among Christians. And, and you know, this is just my observation, but sadly, I feel as though Christians have become so much more worldly since I was first saved 47 years ago. I mean, I, I've never seen such self-centeredness among Christians as I do today. I mean, today, it seems as though it's all about themselves. And, and frankly, folks, it's hurting our witness. As Christians, it's hurting our witness because we're supposed to be different from the world around us, from our culture, from our society. And, and I, you, know, you know, one of the things I'm wishing for this Christmas is that people, more people, more Christians would read and memorize, just memorize the first sentence of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. 
The very first words in his book are these. This is unbelievable. Just one sentence. He actually began, I can't believe anyone would start a book this way. But boy, he hit the nail on the head. He, the first sentence of the book, he says, it's not about you. It's not about you. Isn't that great? I, I, you know, when I first got the book, it's a pur- you know, purpose-driven life. I, I wasn't expecting to see that in the first line. But truthfully, Christians have become so very me-centered instead of Christ-centered and other-centered. You know, we used to have an acronym in church circles. We probably overused it, and that's why we don't, we don't, I don't, you'll recognize it when you see it, but I think we've all forgotten it. But we used to explain the meaning of the word joy as meaning Jesus, others, and you. And in that order, to have joy in your life as a Christian, Jesus, others, and you. But you know, the last couple of years seem to have brought out the worst in people in our society. And again, it's trickled into the church. And as I thought about that and put this message together, it made me reflect back to the old Miss Universe pageants. Um, you're thinking, what does Miss Universe have to do with Christmas Eve? <laughs> but remember the pageants? and the con- In fact, I believe there was one just like a month ago, a Miss Universe pageant. They're still doing these. Um, but I remember how viewers would pick up a sarcastic attitude during the interview process, um, especially the responses to the questions by Miss Universe. You see, Miss Universe is back in the 70s when she would answer the question about what she wished for more than anything. You know, if she could have anything in the world, what would she desire? It seemed as though her response was always the same. Didn't matter who the woman was. Year after year, her response was the same. And, and she would, as a, as a child watching that, you just knew it was coming and we were all ready for it. And she'd always wish for world peace, right? She wanted world peace. Well, you know what? It needs to become reality again. And really soon, really soon. And as the lyrics of the song pointed out, we really don't need more stuff. We need more peace. Here's a little bit more of the lyrics. He, he said, because I don't need boxes wrapped in string and designer love for empty things. And then a little later, these words, what we need is faith and trust and peace while we're alive. Amen. And the author of that song points out that one small child came into this world so that mankind could be forgiven. Listen to the reality of what actually happened according to the word of God. And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 through 14. It's the Christmas story. This is what we're celebrating tonight. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of the whole empire. This was the first census to take place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem since he was from the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her child to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And just then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared to the angel a great multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. You see, the Savior of the world came into our world under the cloaking darkness of night. No one, no one, no one would have known about his arrival that night except for the angels visiting those shepherds. And they told them that they had good news for all mankind. A Savior, a Messiah had been born. And from then on, people would have recourse concerning their sin. The, the sin which had separated them from fellowship and relationship with God. And they would now have the promise of eternal life as well. The angel specifically spoke of great joy for all the people. That was verse 10 that I read. Great joy for all the people. And peace on earth to men, verse 14. Peace on earth to men. And folks, my greatest desire, to quote the lyrics of that song once again, if you were to ask me what I want this year, it's peace for all men. Peace for all men. That's what I want. And here's how that translates. Here's how this can become reality. In order for people to have peace, and I know we know this, just a reminder tonight. In order for people to have peace, they have to first invite the Prince of Peace into their life. Amen. Because you see, although the Prince of Peace has entered into our world and his Holy Spirit is still here today, this world is going to continue to be infested by hate and destruction and war and conflict and envy and jealousy until the King of Kings returns, until he comes back. Because although the promise of peace is a blanket promise, it's for all men, all women, all children. It's a blanket promise. However, it can only be activated one person at a time, one individual at a time. And so what I'm saying is that peace, until the Prince of Peace returns, peace is going to have to be an internal peace. It has to be a peace that resides inside each one of us. And once it's inside of us, we then have the ability to make our lives better and to make the world around us a better place because we become one more person who's no longer influenced by hate. I thank God for the promise of a Prince of Peace. And it's a promise dating back to the Old Testament hundreds of years before it became reality. And I want you to listen to the beauty of this promise. It's from the prophet Isaiah, ninth chapter. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5, written hundreds of years before the Messiah was born. It says, For every trampling boot of battle and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Why? Because unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Imagine peace with no end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from that time 
and forevermore. You see, this Old Testament prophet promised peace. And as we read tonight earlier, the angels promised peace to the shepherds. And Jesus himself promised peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And so, folks, this Christmas, let's resolve to give those around us something that they cannot buy. Something that silver and gold cannot obtain. Let's resolve to introduce everyone whom we know in the year ahead. Let's resolve to introduce them to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Salvation is the greatest gift that anyone can receive. And you know, before we go to the candlelighting portion of our evening together tonight, I want us just to pray for a moment. Would you bow your heads with me? And let's pray together. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you, do you have the Prince of Peace living inside of you? Have you ever prayed and asked the Savior, Jesus Christ, have you ever asked him to come into your life, to forgive you of your past, of your sin, to, to bring you new life? That's, he promised to come and give us life and life abundant. And he is the Prince of Peace. The, the old prophet Isaiah knew this. Jesus declared that he was the Prince of Peace. And that he would give us a peace, not like the world gives, but, a, but a, a real peace, a genuine peace, an eternal peace. And so again, I want to ask everyone here tonight, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you asked him to, to forgive you of your sin and to come into your life and to guide you, to lead you, to live inside of you and to give you eternal life? And again, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask that question one more time. And if you have not, if you have not asked Jesus Christ into your heart and you sense that he's knocking on your heart right now tonight, I want you to raise your hand where you're seated. No one's looking around but me. If you want to ask him to come into your heart, just raise your hand where you are. And we can pray a very simple prayer and you can ask him to come into your life and be your savior. That's what Christmas is all about. Father God, I thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you, Lord Jesus, are forever the Prince of Peace. And you will come yet again. And you'll bring war against the enemy of our souls. Against Abaddon, against the destroyer. The one who desires destruction for all humankind. And Lord, I pray, God, that there be an abundance of peace in our hearts in spite of what's going on around us because we have the Prince of Peace living within us. Lord, I thank you for this newness of life and I pray that it always be new and fresh for each one of us. Lord, I pray that each one of us would desire real peace in our lives and in those whom we know and love, those who we know and love who don't know you yet. Lord, I pray that you give us the courage to introduce them to you, that they would come to know you as the Prince of Peace, as their own Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's time for us to darken the sanctuary. If we can start having lights turned off. Can you get it? <laughs> okay, we want it nice and dark. 
In just a moment, we're going to turn off the screens. Well, actually, you can get those to shut off too. And the cross, all the lights. And if you've already activated your glow stick, please hide it in a purse or a pocket. Maybe sit on it. Uh, we want to experience the symbolism, how dark the world was when the one light, Jesus, came into our world. You can turn off all the lights. The only light we're going to... Oh, there we go. Wow. Oh, just use your phone. You're good. Everybody's got one of those. You may not have a candle in your pocket. Actually, where would you do with your light stick? No, you're not supposed to break it yet. <laughs> but as we proceed to the lighting portion of tonight's service, I want us to be reminded of another passage concerning the arrival of the Messiah. And this is found in the first chapter of John, as verse 4. It says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And you know, if you just look, can we have that? Can you bury that light stick over there, Rusty or Schuller family? <laughs> Any others? All phones off. It's pretty dark in here. Just this one light up front. I mean, just ha- you just have to imagine the natural world that Jesus came into. Roman oppression. A real lack of peace. A real lack of security. He came into the world at just the right time, the Bible tells us. Just one light. Just one light. That life was the light of men. John chapter 1, verse 4. And here we are in this darkened room, and I think everyone should be able to see this little candle. It's, it's so diminutive, it's just one candle. And I love the symbolism, because that's the world that he came into. And then he had 12 disciples, then 11, then 12. And then the Holy Spirit arrived, and in one day, 3,000 are saved. And that light began to grow. Today, I don't know, one and a half to two billion worldwide. Started out just as a mustard seed, and it grew into a mighty bush. And so what I'd like us to do now is just to watch that happen. I'll go ahead and break my light stick in a moment. And, you know, when we had candles, we'd pass from one to the other. And it really doesn't matter. These light up a little on the slow side. And so you'll watch the room just slowly begin to, to glow. So let's go ahead and do that. Go ahead and feel free to break your light stick. <laughs> Make some noise, too. But I love how it just lights up the room. And it really does make a difference. And what this does, it reminds me of what can happen when every believer truly lets their light shine. It reminds me of what Jesus had told his disciples concerning how the church would forever grow in size and influence. We are not going out of this world in a whimper. Matthew 13, 31, he told them another parable. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the field. And though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and perch in its branches. 
And then he told him still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And so you see, Jesus used the analogy of the mustard seed and of leaven, two almost imperceptible items because they're so small. But over time, they're undeniable. And our analogy this evening is a cumulative effect of the light that each one of us holds in our hands. If we didn't have the candle and I just had one light stick, again, you'd notice it in complete darkness. But look at how much more light is in this room just from these. All together, all of us. Again, the cumulative effect of these lights, the analogy would be the cumulative effect of our faith and belief that we hold in our heart. And so I want to encourage you once again in the year ahead with Jesus' own words when he said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That should be our desire to make sure that everyone that we know as we close out this year and go into a brand new year with a fresh start, that our greatest desire would, to see, would to be to see loved ones, co-workers, friends, schoolmates, neighbors, everyone we know come to Christ and have real peace in their hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that this is not some fictitious story that we've read out of the Gospel of Luke. But Lord, it's an event that really happened. Father God, that you sent your Son into this world to be a sacrifice for us. First, to show, to show us how to live and how to love. But then to be a sacrifice for us, the ultimate display of love. No greater love has any man than this but to lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus, you did that for us. And I thank you that you didn't just die, but Father God, I thank you that you rose, you raised Jesus from the dead. And that today he resides at your right hand. And your Holy Spirit is here with us to empower us to be witnesses to all the world. Use us, we pray, Lord. Use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we have lights? There we go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I hope and pray you have a great Christmas. Listen, contrary, some churches aren't having Sunday service. I want you to know we are. Okay, so love to see you Sunday morning. We're not having life groups, but the cafe will be open from 830 until 10 o'clock morning service time. Okay, so love to see you Sunday morning as well. God bless and have a great Christmas.